You are listening to the Good Advice Softball Podcast. I'm Dan Blewett, and on this show, you'll learn how to help the softball player in your life sharpen her skills, improve her mindset, and find new confidence through softball. Welcome back to the Good Advice Softball Podcast. I'm Dan Blewett, and on today's show, we're going to talk about mindset and some of the ways that you cultivate a mindset, I think some of the, I'm going to, I'm probably going to vent a little bit about the, the state of mindset training. I think everyone out there is a mindset coach at the moment. Um, it seems a little off to me. Uh, but before we get to there, let me tell you that we're, this show is going to go on sabbatical for a little bit. Um, I'm paring down some of my offerings so that I can focus a little more on finishing uh, one of my couple books that are in the works. So I'm excited about a couple different projects that I have. Uh, I'm starting also a new newsletter. Um, and so this podcast and my Dear Baseball Gods podcast are going to be paused for a little bit. They will be back probably in the springtime when softball gets roaring again, hopefully COVID-free softball this year. And uh, so it'll be back. I like doing the podcast. It's easy for me to do these podcasts. I don't have to be on video. I don't have to edit that much. Um and it's a good way to reach new listeners, and I appreciate you listening. Uh, so if you want to be informed when I do drop a new episode, because there will probably be some intermittent ones, to be honest. It probably won't be dead dead air for the next four months. But there will probably be an episode here or there when I feel like, hey, I want to jump in front of the mic and get something out when I've got a, a good idea. Um, if you want to be notified, the best things to do are, number one, subscribe on iTunes, I'm not sure if, if Spotify has like a good subscription um, thing, but subscribe wherever you are on podcast land, or if you listen on YouTube, um, subscribe on YouTube, obviously, and turn on the notifications and the little bell thingy. Uh, but more importantly, my newsletter list, which all these links are in the show notes, definitely subscribe to my newsletter because every time I put out something new, whether it's a video or an article or have an announcement or a sale on my online courses or whatever, or of course a new podcast, I'm gonna blast that on my email list. I'm very active on my email list. I usually send one once a week and they're pretty short and to the point with just new content. And when you do sign up to my newsletter list, you get my free softball throwing ebook with some free drills and a lot of good advice in it. And you also get a, a pretty um, pretty extensive uh, like educational campaign of a couple emails in the first week that'll give you even more videos and some some like insider content there too. So. If you want to stay up to date when I do blast out a random podcast and when the show resumes in full force, definitely sign up to my newsletter list below. You can always unsubscribe, but I have 4,400 people on my lists between my baseball and softball, um, and I get very few unsubscribes every time I send it out. So, you know, I think that I do a pretty good job of, um, I guess, being mindful of your time. My emails are pretty short if you don't already get them. They're pretty short to the point, hey, I've got a new video. This is what it's about. See you later. So definitely subscribe there if that's what you're looking for. So today I want to talk about mindset. The more I just more I see on the web, the more there are mindset coaches for everyone, everything. There's culture talk all the time. And this stuff is important, right? So obviously mindset and uh, mental health and all these different things are getting more pressed than ever because it's becoming more okay than ever to talk about it, which is, which is good. And there's no qualifier. It's a good thing. Um, but we also need to start to, to unravel a little bit 
what we're talking about when we're talking about mindset. And I feel like the misnomer that we're getting here is that weak players are weak because of their mindset. And that is true in many cases. So don't don't misunderstand me. That is true in many cases. There are lots of players who go up to bat and they expect to fail. They go up to bat and they psych themselves out. Um, you know, they get overly anxious. They're heavily doubting each other, th- themselves. You know, mindset, we see it, is a, a huge factor. And players, you know, they make an error, they have terrible body language, then they make another error because of it. So we know that mindset is a major problem. But here's the thing. If you're playing 12U softball, or 14U softball, or 16U softball, and you're just not a successful player, you're an unsuccessful player where you're just you know, you hit in the nine hole or you're a a role player where you don't start regularly or you don't, you're you're just not a strong player in youth softball. Your mindset is not the reason. This is, this is my main point here. Now, this is kind of like, it's kind of like, I guess one of my analogy would be is in high school. Now there are varying degrees of students in high school, right? But typically what's what's common amongst all the smartest students, and this does not, I'm not saying this goes on to uh, ensure like life success or anything like that, but a lot of the smartest students seem to always seem to remark that they don't have to study very much, but they still get good grades, right? And there's lots of students who study a lot and also get good grades, but there's always a pretty decent chunk of students who just, their brains work really well where it seems to be very unfair that they don't have to study very hard to do really well in school. And this is the same with athletes in in youth sports too. Basically the best athletes at 12U, 14U, 16U, they don't have to work that hard just to keep their heads above water. And so many of these players, and I know a couple personally, um, who have that you know, they make an error and they can't shrug it off and they really struggle with their mindset and they, they pat on the field or they're bad teammates or, um, you know, they, they really doubt themselves. But here's the thing. Most of those players still have pretty good results. You know, I'm thinking of one recently who just committed to a D1 who her dad is always kind of texting me and, and, and asking for advice, you know, how can I help my daughter? She makes an error at shortstop and she just, you know, she's almost useless for the rest of the game. But this is also a girl who commits to a division one school, right? And uh, so we're talking about a player who's very successful, but obviously has known flaws, right? Known mental mindset flaws that hold her back from potentially being really, really great. And when I see a lot of players who, and I've, you know, I've been a youth coach and I've done tons and tons of instruction. When I see players who are nine hole hitters, they have just a, a combination of all these different problems, right? So they don't have the physical tools. They don't have as much hand-eye coordination. They're not as competitive and they also have the mindset problems. So in the, in the perfect world, a great player has, a super resilient mind. They're very tough. They're very competitive. 
they keep their head up, they shrug their uh, their misgivings off, they shrug their over three days off, they they understand that softball is up and down, and you know an over three day today doesn't matter that much, and they'll get them the next at bat. They always have a chance for redemption, and you know that's that's a that's a pretty uh, great recipe for a champion athlete. So besides all the physical tools, they've got their mind right, and and that's great. But I I struggle with seeing so many mindset coaches, and I'm in this boat too. So I'll point happily point the finger at myself too. I sell an online mental training course, um, which of course I stand by. Uh, but I'll be the first one to tell you, yes, I sell a mental training product. But I will tell you that it's not going to save your daughter if she's just not that good at softball. It'll make an incremental difference. It makes it only an incremental difference to everyone. There's no one who is an eight hole hitter and then they learn to get their mind right and they become a two or three hole hitter at a, at a really competitive level. That's not really how it works. Mindset is, is just like the mechanic who's going to fine tune the engine to get another 10 horsepower out of it. But the mindset is not taking a 200 horsepower engine and making it a 400 horsepower engine. That's not really how it works. So, you know, I just find that the internet becomes cluttered and maybe this is just my perception of seeing it on Twitter and seeing it other places that it's suddenly there's everyone's offering, including myself again, pointing the finger at myself here too. Uh, everyone's offering mindset training and culture training and all this mental stuff. And it's very feel good. Um, but I'm here to tell you that that's probably not going to solve the vast majority of your daughter's problems. It's going to solve some of them, but you know, the fact that she goes over five in a game isn't solely attributed to her doubting herself or getting her down on herself because, you know, when she's in a tough situation, she puts too much pressure on herself or she makes an error in the field and then can't focus that well. As much as those things are true, players that really have the talent to play at D1 levels and, and of course, this is not all about playing D1 softball, like playing any level of college softball is wonderful and really just playing uh high school or middle school softball, as long as it's, you know, you're happy and you're having fun. That's really what it's all about. Doesn't, there has, doesn't have to be any end goal of playing collegiately or professionally. Um, but the big thing here is that these mindset things are typically fixed when players are much, much older because the things that really change your mindset. And I know because I live this, I started meditating when I was 25, I think. And it was after just an embarrassing second season in pro baseball where I just I just finally was beaten down so badly that I knew that my typical winter of working my butt off in the weight room was not going to fix the things that were broken, that all my 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 physical buckets were filled up. I threw really hard. I had great stuff as a pitcher. I was big and strong. I had low body fat. So I had like my six pack. I had all the physical bases covered. I was pretty flexible. I did a lot of yoga. Um, I was healthy-ish. So it wasn't like I could go back in the weight room and, and muscle my way through to have a better season. I had to fix my mind because I doubted myself so much on the mound that I really did go out there expect to fail. And I couldn't pitch behind the count. And I just really struggled. And it was because I got to a higher level that I'd never been to before. I got beaten up on the mound really badly. Um, and I just found myself in a new place mentally that I just had never been before. I didn't, I never had had low confidence before. 
and didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to like, like it's the whole thing. Like when someone says, Hey, don't think about a pink gorilla. It's impossible to not think about it. And so when I was out there doubting myself for the first time, I didn't know how to suddenly not doubt myself because I'd never doubted myself before. I had the normal like butterflies and the normal anxiety that's part of like baseball being exciting and fun and scary, right? Like you had the normal stuff that you go through, but I'd never gone through that. And I think if I had gone through that same scenario as a 15 year old, I don't think I would have approached it the way I did as a 25 year old where I I, uh, I called a guy that I knew, uh, this guy, Alan Jager, who's a baseball industry, a well-known baseball industry guy. He owns uh, Jager bands, J bands. He wrote a book on mental training. Uh, I knew him enough where I could call him. He told me, well, read my book and then come out to LA and we'll, we'll do some mental training stuff. You can go to one of my, one of my mental training, like small group c- camps. And I did that and uh, I did, it made a huge difference and I really committed to it, but what 15 year old is, is going to commit to meditating for 30 minutes a day, every day for three years straight, which is what I did. Um, zero of them, essentially zero of them. And so that's not to say that that's the only way that you fix your mindset, but that probably is the way that you make a massive change to your mindset that would actually make really significant and meaningful changes. Cause I've coached lots of players over the years. And I've had lots of parents come to me over the years who say, Hey, you know, my daughter's struggling with this, my son's struggling with this mentally, and I'll talk to them and, and I'll try to consistently make it a theme of our lessons or our time together, whether it's strength training or lessons or whatever. Um, but I don't see meaningful change. You know, they, people always, young people, especially they, they always really take well to role models and they listen when they respect you. And these kids all respected me and respected my opinion that I'd done it before and all that stuff. But at the same time, I didn't see these miraculous changes in demeanor. You'd see incremental changes in demeanor, but then you say, okay, well, what's an incremental change in demeanor and an incremental change in mindset do to a, a 15-year-old varsity softball player? What does an incremental mindset change do for them? Does it take them from 220 to 380? Does it take them from 54 miles per hour to 65 on the mound? Does it take them from a 4 ERA to a 1 ERA? It really doesn't. It takes someone from a you know a, a terrible season as a as a pro to maybe riding the ship, and now they're pitching as they're how they're capable of. Um, but it doesn't make a, a a bad player a good player. And I don't think it makes a a medium player a great player. I think it makes you know a two eighty hitter a three ten hitter. I think it makes a a two forty hitter a two eighty hitter because there's still the requi- the requisite skills, especially at the younger levels where you know, 14U softball is not that hard, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and if you can't do the job at that age, um, I don't think that your mindset's typically the thing that's holding you back. It's probably a lot of the other factors when you really look hard at it. Because sure, if you doubt yourself in the batter's box, you know, that has an effect on your confidence and all that stuff. But when your swing's good enough and when your bat speed's good enough, it kind of fixes those doubts to be perfectly honest you know as a pitcher if you throw hard enough you can doubt yourself all you want and still blow girls away if your your command is good enough your chain up's good enough your drop ball is good enough you can doubt yourself all you want and still pitch pretty darn well you know if your glove is good enough in the infield you know you can you can pout a little bit between and i'm not advocating that you pout but i'm saying you know you can still have a pretty darn good game in the field 
even if your mind's not where it should be and you get down yourself and don't focus after you make an error and you kind of throw a fit and, and all that stuff. So this is where my issue I think lies is that I'm not sure that parents, you know, parents that have struggling young athletes, I wonder where their head's at when they're looking for a lot of this stuff. Um, I think it's really valuable, but I don't think it's the thing that plugs a sinking ship. I don't think it's the thing that saves that canoe with a big hole in the bottom. I think it plugs a little tiny leak that's probably not going to sink the ship, but it's going to make it pretty unpleasant by the time you finally row back to shore. That's what I think mental training is for young players. Um, at a higher level, it can change everything only because, and here's the reason, because at the really high levels, players have all the requisite tools but they're breaking down because of their mindset. That's not usually the case at the younger levels. Again, if you're 14 and you're hitting 220, it's not because your mindset It's probably because again, you don't have the hand-eye coordination. You probably don't have the swing. You probably don't have a lot of the physical tools to really excel at that level if you're only hitting 220. However, if you're a division one softball player and you're a three hole hitter and you're hitting 220 on the season, you have the swing, you have the physicality, you're there for a reason, like you're in the lineup for a reason, and you're only hitting 220, whereas everyone knows that you're capable of hitting 350. That can make a difference, and the, and the level of play is so high and it's so difficult to hit 350 that if you're not mentally 100%, then suddenly you get eaten alive. And that isn't really the case at youth levels. Really, if you have the physical skills, you can overcome a lot of mental deficiencies uh, you know, at that younger level, because you just can just brute your way, your way through it, especially in softball where, you know, female athletes, if you're a really talented female athlete, you're really athletic and really, you know, physical for your size, you're just going to dominate your way through it a lot, a lot. I mean, more than baseball, I think. So that's sort of my thesis here is that I think the mindset training at times can be a trap. And, you know, and like I said, if, if, and I put myself in the same boat. If you're to send me an email, say, hey, Dan, this is where my daughter's at. I'm thinking of giving you money for your mental training course. Would it be worth it? I'd give you a straight answer. You know, if I had enough info for context of whether I thought it would actually be worth it or not. Now, you know, 30 bucks is never a big thing. Uh, but at the same time, you know, a lot of the times the answer is probably no. I'd probably say, you know what? This is probably not what's holding her back. It's probably just the fact that her swing kind of stinks probably that her preparation kind of stinks. It's probably that she's just not big and fast enough and strong enough, or she's just not hitting the ball out of the infield enough. And then she gets sad and then her confidence decreases. And then it seems like it's mindset, but it really it's the fact that she's got no pop and she can't punch the ball through the infield re with any reliability, right? So you, your, your slumps, your slumps right, or they write themselves pretty fast when you have enough bat speed where you can miss hit a couple balls and still get hits, right? Where you can not have to hit a ball perfect to get through the infield. And that's the case with a lot of young girls who don't have a lot of upper body strength. And if they don't square the ball up, they can't get it out of the infield. And so, yeah, there's definitely some despair there where if they're not hitting everything perfectly, man, I can't buy a hit. And then their confidence drops. And then it seems like it's a mindset problem, but it really, it's just a, it's a physical problem. And of course, everyone, everyone's upset when they go 0 for 9, right? Or they go 2 for 17. Everyone, it seems like they have a mindset problem. But really, it's a physical problem. Because if that same girl has, you know, 10 miles per hour more bat speed because she's physically uh, bigger and stronger, 
then she's just automatically going to get a couple extra hits because she hits the ball so much harder that it's going to find more holes, right? That's how it all works. So again, I think with all this stuff, I like the trend of, of mental training being talked about. I like mindset being talked about. I like team culture being talked about because it's important. But like anything, there's a lot of it out there right now, including myself, and it's not it's not the magic pill for most of these issues, especially in youth sports. And the thing to remember is at the end of the day, it's got to be the action item. Will your kid actually do, will they actually read a mental training book? The answer is almost always no. Will they start meditating? The answer is almost always no. Will they make major changes in their lives to change their mindset? And the answer is no. Now, again, will, will they spend five minutes for their game? maybe finding a quiet spot in the field where they can, you know, sit beneath a tree between games and their tournament and like get their mind right. Yeah, they might do that. Uh, but is that going to make the difference between again, like a 220 hitter and a 320 hitter? No. Five minutes under the tree is not going to make, is not going to pull your daughter out of being a nine hole hitter. If that's what she is, it's going to make her a, nine, a seven hole hitter from a nine hole hitter. But if you're an sec four hole hitter and you're really slumping, then the mindset stuff can can get you back where okay now i can let my athleticism you know do do what i know how to do and now boom i'm right back into it hitting you know 330 so hopefully this conversation helped if anything if anything at all my goal with these podcasts and my youtube channel is to help steer parents in the right direction because there's just like so much information out there on the web a lot of it's good and some of it's bad. And a lot of it's just confusing. It's hard to know what you need and what you don't. Sometimes you do need this thing. Sometimes you don't need that thing. More often than not, um, too much is too much. And the biggest things, these are the things that I think matter the most for athletes is is an innate competition. The, the best athletes are always hyper competitive. Not That's not to say they're always like, competitive in the you know in the sense that everyone's always fighting like flipping the the chessboard at home of course no one plays chess anymore but you know there's a, obviously like the realm of of competitiveness but the best players the ones who college coaches really like are the players who you can just tell they want to win you can just tell they don't want to give it a bat away you can just tell they want to dominate that hitter you know if they're a pitcher you can just tell that they're not okay with losing and they grit their teeth and they really want to, to, to get that, to win this at bat and they really want to win the game. And that seems like so basic and fundamental, but it's really, really not. The competitiveness is sort of being lost nowadays with such a focus on how fast you throw and how hard do you swing? Cause you don't really need to be competitive to swing your bat. Um, you do to an extent, but you know, the biggest thing I think, and this is what all of us older people talk about, is that we learned to be competitive and learned how to play the game on the sandlot, right? In the backyard playing, you know, in the in the cul-de-sac with our friends after school. And that's true. Um, and those things can't be as easily cultivated, unfortunately. But, you know, competitiveness is still a major thing because when you're really competitive, you get really pissed about losing and about not getting the playing time that you want and, and getting embarrassed on the field like I was. And you go home and you do something about it. Really competitive players, not only do they compete hard on the field, but they compete at home saying, I don't want to go over four again next, next game. I'm going to go home and I'm going to hit 150 balls 
off the tee in the in the garage. That's what really competitive players do. And so, you know, it's a scenario where the uh, the the competitive players continue to find ways to improve, and the sort of woe is me players find ways to go backwards, and it's tough. So again, I know this this uh, episode was a little bit scattershot and at times rambling. And that's because this is not a complete thought. It's hard figuring out what mindset does for you. It's clearly important. I mean, I'm a huge testament to that. If you've if you read my book to your baseball gods, you know, I battled um, the voice in my head my whole career. It's a huge part of being an athlete. But it was never especially when I was young, I was good at baseball. I mean, as much as I like, you know, compare myself only to my other peers who played pro ball, who many of whom were way better athletes than me, I was also a really darn good athlete as a kid too. And so again, even if I had a lot of mindset problems, which I didn't, I would have been able to just like weasel out of them because I was good. I was a good athlete. I was just good at finding a way to square the ball up and strike hitters out on the mound as well. And I'm sure that applies to many of your daughters out there listening or the players that you coach. So I think, the, the, again, the take home here is absolutely continue to preach the mindset and, and preach the mental game. Absolutely do that stuff. But if you're a parent who, if you're not in a coaching role and you're really just in a supportive role for your kids, where you're just trying to say, hey, I want to I help, you know, put the right things in front of her to help her succeed and give her resources and, 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 and do all that stuff, just know that if they're really struggling on the field, the, the chief concern is not really going to be mindset. It's going to be a piece of it, but the physical stuff, especially in youth softball, is always going to be the bigger factor. If they're only hitting 200, it's not because of their mindset. It's because of their physical stuff first, and mindset will play, again, a percentage of, of that, but it's not going to be the biggest piece of that pie. So thanks for listening. If you have a topic for the show, and I've gotten a couple ones recently, and I appreciate them, always feel free to email me. Again, the show will be on a hiatus. It'll kind of be inconsistent for a while. That's okay. I'm going to still be putting out a lot of softball content. And really, I just figured if I can put out, uh, you know, a couple things each week, then they're going to be YouTube videos rather than podcasts for the near future. So definitely stay tuned. If you haven't subscribed to my soft, uh, Snap Softball YouTube channel, I'm closing in on 8,000 subscribers, and uh, I'm excited to see that channel continue to grow. So if you have video ideas, always shoot them over as a comment on YouTube. I, I respond to pretty much every one, and I'd love to see, see you over there. So, so thanks for listening, and I will see you back here soon on the Good Advice Softball Podcast. Well, that's all the good advice I've got for today. If you enjoy the show and would like to support me while also helping yourself, enroll today in one of my online softball courses. My She's Got a Cannon throwing courses come with pricing plans for any budget, and my Resolute Athlete Mental Skills course will help your daughter or team build the mindset of a champion. Enroll in any of my courses through the links in the show notes and save 20% with code GOODADVICE just for being a listener. Be sure to subscribe to my weekly email list where you'll get updates on all my new videos and episodes. Nearly 4,000 people get my emails, and you should too. Sign up through the link in the show notes. Lastly, who do you know who can use some good advice? Please share this podcast with a friend, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, 
and subscribe to my Snap Softball YouTube channel, where you'll find this podcast and hundreds of softball instructional videos. Back when I was a player, I was always thankful for good coaches and good advice. I'm Dan Blewett, and I'll see you next time.